Welcome to Bleacher Brawls. I'm John. I got Michael here. It's another Stripes episode. The last Stripes episode of the season, really, before we kind of jump into our offseason schedule. It's the death of the Yankees. Um, It's always unfortunate to have these. You know, uh, we've been wanting the success World Series victory of the Yankees for so many seasons now. And this year was just, to me, one of the worst seasons of my life. And just, uh, it's the death of the Yankee show, folks. But um, we're going to jump into it. First pitch. Um, Michael, it's death of the Yankees, but it might as well be death of the Giants, too. So, real quick, I don't want to, we're already going to be miserable enough talking about the Yankees. I don't want to make myself feel worse talking about the Giants. But real quick, let's touch on it. How are you doing today? Uh, it's definitely one of the tougher Mondays I've had in a long time. Um, yeah, man, death of the Yankees, probably the death of the Giants already, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> not fun time to be a, uh, a New York sports fan. I can even say that about the, even if you're a Jets and a Mets fan, just not a good time all around. So, um, yeah, man, it's been tough, but, um, I don't know, man, how are you been? Uh, same here. It was just, it was such a tough, horrible day. I was just in a bad mood from, you know, ever since I went to bed last night, I never really got over it today. And we were talking before this loss was tough. Like, I, I don't know why, but this was just such a tough loss. I really thought the Giants were playing at home. Uh, I thought Seattle might be a little, playing a little, I, we're a better team than Seattle. I truly thought that, um, I expected so much more out of this team today and or last night and they just let me down in the ways like you're talking about. It's like losing on a walk-off punt return to the Eagles of all teams. It's like that playoff loss to the 49ers years ago with the two Wills as the quarterbacks, Will Peterson, Will Allen, and uh, the kicker kicking the ball out of bounds on the damn kickoff. And it's like, just last night is up there as one of those really tough losses. I, I thought the Giants kind of had a chance to click. You know, we're at home. We could go to two and two, and it could just be uh, just I'm horrible. I feel miserable right now. <laughs> no, yeah, man. I mean, uh, Geno Smith is quickly becoming one of the uh, people I hate most to lose against because, like, he just plays every time he comes to – play against the Giants because he, he was a backup here. You know, he he plays with this chip on his shoulder, and, you know, you could tell he's a little amped up yesterday. He thought he got – I didn't think it was late, or I didn't think it was a dirty play at all when, he, you know. I, I know he was upset literally the whole game, even after the game. I didn't even watch the press conference. I just got an update on my phone that said he said that it was a dirty play. I thought it was clean. I don't know. I'd, I'd be the first to admit if it was sketchy or not. But – he just like you can tell with the smirk on his face, he wants to beat us so bad, and it's like we just hand the you know we just hand it to him. We don't we don't even put up a fight. The last two years, you know, I'm pretty sure last year we were on that roll, and we we they were the ones that stopped our winning streak. So it's just quickly becoming something that you know I'm just like man, it, it's such an easy you know a, a winnable game, winnable team to beat. You know, we're very similar in ways, but the Giants found a way to uh, crush our souls. They really did, and you know, I expected so much more out of this offense. And you had actually a great point about Saquon Barkley earlier today. If you want to tell everybody at home, no, no, yeah, we were chatting it up when we uh, were in this morning, and I basically said, like, if you're Saquon, why, you know, there's there's definitely no reason to rush back. But why would you even want to come back this season? I mean, to go, you know, average two and a half yards a carry. You know, I mean, the, the offensive line is I mean, probably the worst we've ever seen, I, I, I think. I mean, Daniel Jones had probably the worst game I've seen yesterday. And it's like you can't even like, you know, it's like hard to like really dig into him and blame him because like who who would be good there? Like, I don't think, you know, Tom Brady would not be good in this <laughs> behind this line. So it's like I, I don't really know what you can really ask of the kid. It's like, you know, it, you know, he doesn't he never gets a rhythm. So I don't know. We're in shambles, man. Yeah, I think I've heard a lot of, well, if Eric, Andrew Thomas played today or last night, uh, excuses. I think Andrew Thomas would could be, would make a, it's a bit of a difference. Um, but he could only, 
it doesn't mean that if Andrew, I don't believe that if Andrew Thomas played like that line would have been any real that different, you know, maybe there's a little less pressure from the left side and that's it. It, there's problems there. And for whatever reason, this has just been a problem with the giants. And I don't know if it's been so long since we've had a good offensive line. I don't know if, how long it's going to take to fix it. And it's, it does need to get fixed. So now I was going to say the last, the last thing I was going to say is like, you know, we were so worried about losing Mike Kafka this off season because he was such a genius (laughs) offensive play caller and stuff. And I spent 10 minutes looking at the Seahawks defense and I could have told you, you pass against them. You don't run against them. And it seemed like on first, second and third down, we decided to run against them. And then when, you know, when we needed to pass on third and 13, we threw little dump off five yard passes to punt every time. So it was just like, I'm, I mean, it's not just the offensive line. It's like, you could try to make it easier, scramble Daniel Jones out and let him run a little bit, but they just have him sitting in the pocket, like a, you know, like a sitting duck. So. That's the last. That's the last thing. <laughs> yeah, at least, or at least, run two tight end sets where you can actually figure out a way to just help out with protection. You know, we have Bellinger and Waller, and I think you know, obviously, we need to get get Waller involved in the passing game. But maybe that happens if we have a two tight end set with him and Bellinger, and you could get a little bit of blocking from Bellinger. Um, there's there's so many problems. We'll get into this more. We'll have all off season talk about the Giants. Let's just jump into the death of the Yankees because that's what we're here for tonight. Um, Like I said earlier, 2023, this is one of the worst seasons of my life. Uh, I Obviously, I grew up through some really rough seasons in the late 80s, early 90s there. Um, but I was a kid, so I was, you know, no matter what, it was going to be a good season, you know. Um, but now as an adult, this was a hard season. It was really hard to follow this team and have to talk about them because just it was constant. It was the same thing every week about all the struggles and what they weren't doing right, what they were doing wrong. I just there's so little good things to talk about this season. We all know what it is. We know that this team cannot hit for contact. They strike out too much. Or can't score runs if Aaron Judge isn't in the lineup. Um just underperforming players on big contracts. So we know what the problems are. And I think it's time to play the blame game a little bit. And I think take out some frustration on a few players. So I take who's someone you want to take the first shot at as someone you really blame for how the season devolved. Um, shoot. Uh, I was really just going to come on here and blast everyone not named Darren judge or Garrett Cole, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, if we got to pick someone, I don't know how you don't start with John Carlos Stanton. I mean, you know, one of the highest paid contracts and, you know, MOB and the guy batted under 200 this year. So, I mean, I, I know he was hurt, but you know, if you're hurt every year, when you're at least playing, make a contribution, please. But, um, no, it was one of the worst worst seasons that I think he's ever had. I, I could be wrong, but um, it has to be the worst season he ever had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like at least if you're gonna, you know, like I said, if you're gonna bat on two hundred and you're gonna be hurt all the time, like we we paid you to hit home runs. Can you at least do that? Um, no, it was too many games. He's zero four, and uh, there there needs to be a shorter leash too. Like you know, it's. We've got plenty of people. We got all the young kids. Like that was going to be my theme of the day is, you know, shorter leash for the vets, bring in the young kids a lot sooner. Cause I felt like when they did, you know, it took them a week or two to get going, but there was positivity. There was momentum. You could see there was still fight, um, which I didn't see from the vets. So uh, yeah, that's, that'd be where I'd go first to blame. That's an excellent point about not really seeing any fight from the veterans this year. And they didn't, especially when Aaron judge wasn't in that lineup, there was no fight on that team. And for me, I think uh, who I have to blame first, obviously I would blame John Carlos Stanton first. So who I'm going to blame second is DJ LeMayhew, uh, just another guy on a big deal who was expected to perform that didn't. And to somewhat of his credit, he did have a strong, you know, August and September. He did kind of come on strong in the second half. I don't know how much of a difference a hitting coach would make to a guy like DJ LeMayhew, but it seemed like once Sean Casey came on board as a new hitting coach, uh, it seemed like for whatever reason, DJ LeMayhew's season kind of turned around a little bit, but it was too little too late. If we'd gotten that from him all season, it's a different story, but it really was too little too late. 
And, you know, he's on, DJ's going to be here for a couple more years. And I guess he's probably the third baseman next year, unless they trade Torres and move him back to second base full time. But we got, you know, yeah, three. Yankees got three more years, 2024, 2025, 2026, of DJ LeMahieu at $15 million a season. So if he's not contributing this year, like you, this, you know, in 2024, if he doesn't carry, let me start that again, because I think I kind of lost myself there because I'm just so unhappy. <laughs> if he can't carry on this 20, that what he finished 2023 into 2024, um, the Yankees, it's just, it's just a terrible contract, which is unfortunate because I really did like the guy. Yeah, yeah, and like especially like when we first got him too, it was like we were, it was like the first you know first time in a while where I was like, what a perfect match made in heaven. Like it, it seemed like guy, no nonsense guy, someone you love in the locker room, just here to win games, and all he cares about is baseball. I was like, and then you know unfortunately this happens, but no, I agree, and I was I was actually gonna come on here and ask you about it because I kept hearing like you know Sean, there I don't know. Unless I hear it from DJ, I'm not going to necessarily believe it. But they, you know, you hear about in the media, Sean Casey kind of helped him out and saved, you know, maybe revived his season a little bit. And I don't, I don't really know. Like I said, unless you hear it from DJ, I don't know how anyone in the media can really say that. But um, I wanted to hear what you thought about it because, I mean, it's not like everyone's batting average went up. I mean, it, it could have just been like, you know, the, it, obviously they're facing different pitchers and stuff. But I don't know. I I didn't really think that Sean Casey came in and made a big difference. Like I keep reading on the internet. See, that is weird. Cause, right. Exactly. Cause not the rest of the team didn't start hitting. It wasn't like this team turned their season around and DJ, DJ LeMahieu has won two batting titles. Like, I mean, what's a hitting coach to a guy that's won two batting titles. Um, and especially at, you know, DJ's 34 years old. So he's a veteran at this point. I would think maybe, Maybe if it, maybe it's just kind of a mentorship. Maybe it's just kind of a guy to bounce ideas back and forth during the game. Um, it's just someone who you can talk to who has experience. Like, hey, I, this is what I'm thinking of approaching this at bat. What do you think? And maybe if they just kind of did have that rapport, uh, I could see how that would work out. Um, I think maybe yeah. th- that's the only way I can really see how – it would make a difference because like, what, what are you going to tell DJ LeMayhew really outside of that? Um, right. Right. The only thing I could think of is like, you know, you brought in an old school kind of, you know, bring it back to the basics kind of guy, you know, you keep hearing Aaron judge kind of, you know, saying we got to reevaluate the analytics and all that stuff. Maybe you just need someone to just come in here and be like, Hey, like, you know, you do what made you good, you know, forget all the numbers, forget, forget, this, this, and that, you know, all, sometimes all you need to do is just ad- adjust your, you know, your stance or adjust your, you know, the way you hold the bat, where you hold the bat. Um, I don't know, but whatever it is. If, it, it, yeah. Yeah. And in that, yeah. Um, another guy actually wanted to call the task a little bit was uh, Harrison Bader. This was a guy that was a spark plug, uh, from New York, uh, well, like, you know, uh, was Eastchester, I think, or some whatever around there, anywhere. Um, the, Bronxville, right? Well, whatever, I can't even remember right now. But I really <laughs> thought Harrison Bader kind of looked last season into the playoffs, like he could be a real spark plug player, kind of like Brett Gardner at his peak, almost. Um, one of those type of players, like a lot of speed at the top of the lineup, slap hitter. Well, you'll get a little pop out of him occasionally, and just lock down center field, and. When he's in, when he was playing, at least you got the lockdown center field. But in general, he was a guy I kind of expected a lot more out of. And it was when he was on the field, we never seemed to got it, never seemed to get it. And that's part of it too, right? When he was on the field, the guy was always hurt. Uh, he was a guy I really wanted to see do well because he's like us. He's a kid, grew up a Yankees fan, living the dream, uh, playing center field for the New York Yankees. And it just, for whatever reason, it just didn't seem to go right for him. No, no, that's a good point. And, like, I don't, you don't think it's, like, a pressure thing because, like, we saw him in the highest of moments last year play pretty well under pressure. I mean, it was the playoffs, and I think he had, what, three or four home runs? Um, so, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it, 
I I personally liked him. Like you said, he was never really on the field. And when he was, especially this year, it wasn't anything that, you know, you don't want to sign him to a max conference or a contract or anything like that. But I don't know. It's disappointing. I mean, that's, you can't say it was anything good. It was definitely disappointing. He's, you're supposed to be the spark plug. And if anything else, you made a couple great catches and that's all we can really say about your season. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, it stinks because, like you said, he's a New York kid. His dream is to grow up a Yankee, and kind of all ended real quick on him. So, yeah, and I don't think you know, like I know he's a free agent. I just don't see him coming back, unfortunately. Um, I don't want to. One guy I don't want to kill is Anthony Rizzo because he started off the season hot. Like he was one of the best hitters in baseball. He was carrying one of the guys carrying my fantasy team early in the season. And after that injury uh, where, you know, he hurt his neck uh, and had that concussion, it was just never the same. But you have to – you can't really blame him for that. If anything, you have to put the blame on the Yankees medical staff for misdiagnosing that. You're the New York Yankees. You should have some of the best doctors in the world. And you completely screwed that up. When And fans, we were coming on here saying, like, did he have a concussion? And the fact that the Yankees team doctors couldn't figure that out, uh, it's – I, I guess like there's a, some blame I think we need. Like at what point do we start looking at these Yankees medical staff for the amount of injuries we have for the Yankees for the amount of injuries the Yankees have for misdiagnosing something like that, which is blatantly obvious. Uh, that's someone else who absolutely has to be called. I'm calling out right now as uh, someone for blame for this season. Yeah, I mean like it's especially when like he did finally sit down like he described what he's been feeling and stuff like that. And if he's telling the world on national TV how he's feeling, you got to think he told the doctors a few times, like, hey, like, I'm dizzy. Or, hey, like, I can't get up too fast anymore. Like, my vision's a little awkward, you know? Whatever it is. But, like, I don't know how that doesn't ring bells. Like, why there was zero correlation of, like, from this state, after he hit his head, his numbers are here. What changed, you know? And they're not asking. They're not peppering him every day because – I mean, I don't know. You're right. Like, Anthony Rizzo shouldn't get any of the blame, but I don't know. It's It was such a bad season. I just want to blame everyone. But, you know, it's like you're, you know, it's like you're one of the leaders, too. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's tough. Um, but you were kind of going on the train of not blaming anyone, and I just kind of want to, like, he didn't have the best of seasons. But, I mean, for the amount of uh, disrespect and kind of criticism he got is – Anthony Volpe, I mean, for a rookie to be in the 2020 club, like, I wasn't expecting him to come out and do that. I mean, great defender, proven that. If he can get that batting average up, I mean, why is this kid not, you know, an everyday shortstop for us for a really long time? Um, like, just the amount of hate he got, especially in the beginning of the season, I was like, you know, where he is now, I, I'm I'm happy, I'm impressed. Yes, I fully agree with that. He's Anthony Volpe took a lot of heat for he's a he's a rookie and he really he had a lot of defensive struggles in April and into May and then all of a sudden he got it and he turned himself into one of the better defensive shortstops in the American League if not all of baseball. Uh, again, like you said, twenty twenty club he had a little bit of pop and if he, when he got on base he can steal some bases. I agree, the average is a problem. Um, but it's something that can be improved. Okay. So, you know, as much as people like to say, oh, when he, especially when he came up, he reminds me of Jeter and he does he, the way he carries himself and the way he handled himself throughout the season, like that's Jeter-esque, but I don't think he's going to be a 300 hitter like Jeter. So maybe we have to uh, tamper our expectations on that. And if the guy, if the kid can eventually end up hitting between 260 and 270, with you know a little bit of pop and the ability to steal some bases i think you're absolutely right the fans need to really calm down on that one kid was a rookie you got to give him a chance to grow uh yeah. anybody yeah. oh go ahead no no no. i was i was kind of gonna back you up like you know we didn't we didn't sign him we didn't expect him we didn't draft him to come up and hit 50 home runs like aaron judge but i mean just the the start of it is is good signs good signs 
Yeah, definitely. So we've killed the lineup. I guess we can start moving to the pitching staff. Is there anybody else in the lineup that you want to call out? Like, I mean, just for the heck of it, we can just say, hey, like, you know, Aaron Hicks, you embarrassed yourself you know, coming out here and trying to get yourself kicked off the team. Uh, screw that guy. I'm glad he's gone. And I don't know. I, and I think he did okay in Baltimore, but he's a wasted potential is what that guy is. Yeah, as I say, him, uh, Josh Donaldson, haven't thought about you once since you left. Um, <laughs> um, no, yeah, I mean, there's been a couple of those guys where it's just like, you know, uh, if you want to talk about pauses of the season, it's almost like good riddance we got rid of that and washed our hands of that because I think one more season of Aaron Hicks, I, w- I was going to pull all my hair out. Uh, it was that, – that guy just – got so unplayable again someone else i liked years ago when he first came to the yankees really had a lot of talent one of the best base runners the yankees had probably the best base runner the yankees had since cheater uh and but he just he fell off a cliff mm-hmm. so all right so yeah that's the lineup i think we touched on everybody that kind of deserved it um let's go to the pitching staff next there's some obvious people that we need to really call out for horrible seasons. I'll go with Severino first because this is the guy you're going into a contract year. All right. Like, you know, you're supposed to go out and get paid. You think the guy would go out and have one of the best seasons of his career. That's kind of what tends to happen with pitchers going into a contract year. We'll see hitters just kind of struggle. Not everybody can do what Aaron judge did going into their contract year. Um, or as they play out their contract year. Um, a lot of times it'll be more of a Michael Conforto situation where like he, we saw this guy fall apart to a point where nobody wanted to see him or no one wanted to sign him. So, but with pitchers, a lot of times it tends to be the opposite. They end up being really healthy. They end up pitching like, well, like Carlos Rodon did uh, at his final year going into free agency. I kind of expected that out of Severino and this guy just fell apart and he still had good stuff. He still had movement on his fastball. He still had a pretty decent fastball. Like, what went wrong that this guy couldn't live up to his potential in a season that was probably the most important one of the most important seasons of his career? So that's I, I don't know if there's anything you want to say about Severino, but my God, did he just he drove me insane this year. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want him back for free, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, it's we we've given him enough chances. I mean you're right he has a a huge amount of talent all the potential in the world for whatever reason this would have been the year to definitely show that off and go you know go rob someone else of all their money probably probably would have been us but i'm kind of glad it didn't happen because i mean i don't know like i don't think there's any coming back from this i don't think he's ever going to be you know, a, a, a Garrett Cole Cy Young award winner or anything even close to that. I think he's been hurt too many times. I think eventually he's going to start wearing down. That fastball is going to drop a little bit. Um, I think we've seen the best of him, let's say. Um, and it stinks because, you know, two, three years ago, the hype was real. I mean, this guy was, you know, going to be going to help us win a championship. And he did the exact opposite this year. He fell apart. And you're right. I mean, I think he'll probably someone will probably sign him on a one year prove it deal, and that might be the end of him after that. And it's it's a shame because there's there was so much potential there, and it was injury after injury, and then just he'd come out, he'd be healthy, but then he'd implode. And I mean, this is honestly, this isn't even the first season where we've seen him implode. He's had other seasons where he came out and just absolutely fell apart. What was it? It was his rookie year. He came out pitched well. Following year, so rookie year, eleven starts goes three and eight. Next year, or he goes five and three. I'm sorry, with a two eight nine ERA. His sophomore season, he goes three and eight with a five eight three ERA. So it was right from the start we saw this guy go to the extremes. And then the following year, 2017, 14 and six with a two nine eight. So it was good, horrific, good again. And we've, it's just what we've come to see from him. And then the injuries started kicking in. So, um, he'd be good on like a, uh, just a, a good team, not in a big market. Like I think of the Reds, you know, like didn't really have all that good pitching this year. If they had better pitching, they'd probably be playing in the postseason this year. Cause I mean, they're young guys definitely showed out a little bit this year, but 
uh, like you know not not somewhere where there's like minimum expectations they don't have a high payroll you you know you're not going to be expected all but just to win a game for them you know and uh i, I think that'd be like a perfect landing spot for them a one year prove it deal cheap little minimum veteran contract but I think if you go somewhere like the Mets or the Dodgers, it's just a recipe for disaster. Yes, and actually, I flo- I said around the trade deadline that it, the Reds seemed like a good landing spot for him if the Yankees had traded him, which I think they should have. And I said it back then that it was stupid that they didn't trade him. Uh, I really think that was the moment, like where I think that was the team they should have dealt them to. The Reds have a lot of young, controllable talent, which is what the Yankees need, and I think he. Somebody could have fixed him. I do think if he can get the right coaching, I do think with that talent, maybe he is fixable. And it's like you said, maybe that's a lot of times where you need to go, go to the small market where there's no pressure and that's how you can fix yourself. So, um, yeah, I, I, you're in Cincinnati. So for the reds, like if they, that's where he goes, I mean, good for them. But, uh, I, yeah, I, he's the guy, like you said, I, I wouldn't let him pitch for the Yankees for free. No. No, not not even close. <laughs> Anybody uh, else on the pitching, uh, the rotation, or in the bullpen that you want to call out? Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna uh, call out Rodon, but I'm not even gonna call him out because, like, like it's it's more of a Brian Cashman thing. Like, how do you sign this guy to that much money and and he doesn't pitch for half the season? Like that, like that's just bad. I I don't know how else to put it. Like, you should have known that. He, whatever it is, but you should not have gave him all that money for all these years. Cause, and he's not even ready to pitch. And then when he did come back, it didn't end too good, but I'm not even going to put that on him. Cause like, you know, you come back from injury. I'm going to give you the rest of this year. Like I'm gonna let you settle down, come back fully ready, hopefully fully healthy. What I want to call him out about is his, his last performance. He was kind of like acting like a little, uh, you know, sassy pants on the mound. You know, he's waving off the pitching coach. He's, walking past Boone, you know, it's like, dude, you, you're not even, you didn't even get a out yet. Like, what, what are you like? You better be angry at yourself and not everyone else because like, they're doing you a favor, taking you out. I would have let you break the record for most uh, runs allowed without an out if I was then, because yeah. what else you got to lose for, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I didn't like that. I mean, that's just not the Yankee way. Like I, I wish Aaron judge would have pulled him to the side right in front of the cameras. I'm like, yo, like you don't show up your coach. They're doing you a favor, taking you out. You only gave up five. Like I said, I would have let you break the record because you couldn't have striked out my sister that night. I mean, it was just, it was all bad. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, and that's, I think you're absolutely right with that one because Carlos Rodon was clearly a bad fit for New York. And you can tell from his, one of those he's one of those guys right from the first press conference, like this is not, doesn't look like it's going to go well. Uh, He looks he's not the type of guy that can pull off a mustache. Um, so it just, it's all, it's such a bad look right from the start, but you, there's talent there. Um, he's left-handed, which being left-handed in Yankee stadium, a lot of times plays can play to your advantage. Uh, so there's hope that maybe the Yankees can still get something out of him, but that is to me. Yes. That's Brian Cashman. Like Brian Cashman just, that was so dumb right from the start. Um, so dumb. Uh, was there? Uh, there's. I don't think uh, there's necessarily anyone in the bullpen. No, we were uh, the, when we were doing the position players. We were kind of shouting people out. So I just want to, you know, give a quick shout out to Michael King. I mean, the, like if you can become a, a starter, by all means, please. Because towards the end, these last few games, I mean, he kind of looked like one of the best. You know, besides Garrett Cole, he kind of looked like he was dealing he's going to be our second best pitcher uh so i don't know i was like if i don't i like him as a reliever he's probably all around our best reliever we got on the team but i i don't know like i just it was impressive for if nothing else like i mean his era was i think like two you know through the games he was starting so i mean i know he wasn't going a full six innings and whatnot but i, I was impressed uh yeah, Michael King did have a really good uh see I've always you know, we've all known he can pitch out of the bullpen and he's been a really good asset out of the bullpen, but shoot, those last couple of games when he made a few starts down the stretch there, um, he really showed us something. And you know, the, we've seen especially as Yankees Yankees fans, 
we've seen the Yankees in the past kind of screw guys up by taking a really good bullpen guy, moving him to a starter. They can't always pull that off. Um, we've seen more recently the Red Sox do that as they've kind of really screwed up uh, Garrett Whitlock and to an extent Darren Howe. Um, but the Yankees did have a little bit of success with that with Clark Schmidt because he was the guy that was projecting to be in the bullpen and ended up starting and did kind of okay this season. So uh, if there's a lot of hesitation there with me. Like, if, yes, Michael King looked good as a starter at the end of the season. But at the same time, we've seen the Yankees screw this up. So I am torn, and I don't really know which way to go on that one. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the safest thing is definitely just let him go back to his reliever position. And we should, like, probably shouldn't have to. My my thought process was there was, like, I know as a starter you can get paid. So, I mean, like, mm-hmm. someone who deserves to get paid and kind of stepped up to the challenge, you know what I mean? Like, I obviously would love him to stay as a Yankee, but. I would think like if you're looking for a max contract and you can do it, which you kind of for a few games at least prove that you can do it. And then with an off season behind him, who knows? But I mean, I ultimately, I agree with you. Like, let's not screw this guy up. Let's just go find someone reliable. That's been a starter. Right? And we'll, we'll keep Michael King as someone who can go get us two, three outs whenever we need him. Uh, it's but speaking guys, we should be calling shouting out anyway is, Garrett Cole. I mean, it, it was such a horrible season for the Yankees that as the Yankees fans, like we aren't like Garrett Cole's a front runner for the Cy Young. And it's like, I don't want to say we don't care, but it's such like there is a little bit of apathy to it because it's not because of anything against Garrett Cole. I think it's just because we view it as such a wasted season. You had a guy come out and have with a Cy Young season, uh, legitimately best pitcher in baseball, uh, Garrett Cole, and or best pitcher in the American League anyway, and you wasted it, just completely wasted it. I mean, he Garrett Cole was going out and giving you a gem every five days, and you wasted it. Garrett Cole lost four games. I mean, he shouldn't have lost any games with the way he pitched this season. So uh, it was really like it should have been another kind of Ron Guidry 1978, a 25-3 type season for Garrett Cole. And this team just did him no favors. Um, and he really proved himself, too. That's something else with Cole. It's just kind of the way um, – once the Yankees signed him, it was like, oh, he can't pitch in the big game. He's not a big game pitcher. He can't pitch in the play- playoffs. But he has kind of proven that he can pitch in the playoffs. And this season especially, I think he really just took himself to another level. And unfortunately, this isn't something like maybe it carries over to next season, or maybe he just kind of takes a step back. And if he takes a step back, like God, it 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 was just such a wasted season. If he takes a step back, and this is all the Yankees have to show for it. No, I couldn't agree more. Like especially like what you were saying earlier is like, you know we were kind of questioning, like, can he pitch in a big spot? Can he, you know, cause we've kind of seen already as a Yankees fan, I think he got rocked in that, in that, in that wild card game or uh, a couple of years ago. So I, I don't know. It seemed like this, <laughs> nothing else short of a wasted season. That's for sure. I mean, I don't, I, I saw like a new level, like you were saying, he took it to a different level. Like, you know, before this season, I felt like, especially against like division rivals, I don't want to say he ever looked scared, but he looked different. Like, you know, you could tell maybe like the moment was getting to him. Not this year. Like this year, dude came like ready to take heads with that fastball. And he was, he had an attitude problem, which I loved. You know, if a team was getting weird on him, you know, I think the Blue Jays early in the season was, you know, trying to say, you know, trying to, you know, basically evolve a situation more than it was. And he struck the dude out and looked at their bench and, you know, basically said, go home and cry about it. Uh, so like, you know, like that, I love to see that. Like it, it was, like I said, you said, you said it best. It was like a new level. He took it to this year and what a waste because you said, you know, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Definitely. I think wins the Cy Young and the AL. Um, what can you say? I mean, (laughs) it probably, probably should be winning a ring this year with the Yankees, but too many mistakes. Yeah, it's a shame that he doesn't get to carry this season into a couple postseason starts because uh, that could have really 
like cemented him, he cemented his legacy, and he was kind of robbed of that this season. And God, like that, I think that to me, like Gary Cole, really was one of the big positive takeaways of the season. I think, and another positive takeaway was just that brief little Jason Dominguez week or so that we got. Um, you know, it's unfortunate I'm not going to see him again for you know probably for another you know until twenty twenty five, but um. That was a nice little positive takeaway. There weren't a lot of positive takeaways this year, but uh, I just wanted to shout out Dominguez as one of them. Um, yeah. I was going to say, he, uh, you said 2025. Is he, is it, he, he won't come back next year at all, even in, uh, like at the end? I would think, if anything, maybe they he would come back and they'd play some minor league starts. Uh just because of the way the Yankees are, you know, like they're just going to be weird about that. And instead, like, even if you can come back for September, like they'll figure out some reason not to do it. At least that's just my gut instinct, kind of how what I've seen the way I've seen them operate the past couple of years. So I think, yeah, realistically, he could be back, you know, by the end of the season next year. But um, whether or not the Yankees actually play it out that way is, you know, only time will tell. And that's actually a great segue because let's start looking towards the future with the Yankees and time will tell. So um, we'll, t- we'll talk about the future, but we all know, as everyone kind of heard, the Yankees are going to be hiring a sports consulting firm to take a look at the way they do business, audit their whole process about trades and free agent signings and scouting and player development up and down the board. Um, I could do this for a lot cheaper. <laughs> like I can, I don't think this is a hard job is to figure out what's going on with the Yankees. I think this consulting firm has got a really easy task. They're going to make some easy money. I think there'll be a lot of long lunches because there's not going to be a ton of work to do. I mean, this is going to, this report is going to write itself. So looking towards the future, just all in one, like with this audit, do you have any thoughts on this audit? Does it give you hope? And how, you know, what are your thoughts going into the future? Uh, I'm split 50, 50, to be honest with you. Cause I mean, my heart kind of tells me like there's the, you know, it's what, is there going to be any changes? All but pretty much came out that Boone and Casey are going to be back. Cause I think Casey said, yeah, he basically was like, yeah, they pretty much asked me back. And then, you know, he forced Boone to come out and say, you know, uh, not really, but Aaron Judge turns around and says he's excited to have, you know, work with him again and all that stuff. So it seems like by all means, Aaron Boone and Sean Casey are coming back next year, which makes me think Brian Cashman's coming back next year. So, like, am I excited? You know, I don't know. If the audit's going to just prove, like you said, it's going to write itself. What What do they need to change? Don't sign bad signings make moves at the trade deadline because we all saw it on the writing on the wall. There was plenty of guys out there that could have made us better. Um, we needed a left fielder. Didn't go get one. Why? Um, I don't know. Like we need to get back to like flexing, you know, like we used to be the Yankees. We do what we want and you're going to deal with it. Now it's like we're the Yankees and we just pay stupid money to stupid, you know, bad players. <laughs> so that needs to change. I think that that's our number one thing we need to change is just, Leadership. Whoever's making baseball decisions needs to get a second opinion on a lot of things. Yeah. Um. Yes. And that is my biggest concern with this audit. Are they going to take it seriously? And I, I just hope, and all I can do is hope. But it seems like Hal is. He's just. He's a businessman. If he's going to spend the money, which again, I could do it for a whole lot cheaper. Hal, if you're listening to this, like I can do this for you. It's really not that hard. Um. I'll see. You'll save a couple bucks. But uh, if Hal's going to spend the money on it, I'd ho- I would think he'd probably say something like Cashman, like, look, whatever the recommendation is, that's what I want you to go with. If you can't win with that, like now you're with that advice, now you're on the hot seat. Like, that's what I'm hoping is how this whole audit plays out. Uh, because otherwise, if you do this audit and then still let Brian Cashman run around being stupid and stubborn, then what's the point? And the Yankees have no hope. So I'm cautiously optimistic that there will be some changes made coming off this audit. And you know, this, it sounds like you have, again, this is a sports consulting firm to my understanding, they do this um, for teams. So if that's the case, uh, you have to think they kind of maybe know what they're doing and 
maybe can really give the Yankees some good advice that they need. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, you kind of said it best. Is like my concern is not with the sports audit team. I hope, pray that they give the Yankees the hard truth and nothing but. But, like, you still got to listen to them. You know what I mean? Like, you can't be stubborn. You got you to gotta take the advice of people that you don't know you just met. And I just don't think Brian Cashman is a is a fan of that. So, I don't know. I mean, he – you know, we were talking about if he doesn't, then he should be on the hot seat. It's like his sheet should be flaming hot right now. I mean, mm-hmm. that thing should be so hot he can't sit on it because what have you done lately, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that, that's it. And, and that's kind of my issue with him. It seems like he gets insanely stubborn. It's like he's trying to prove a point or he's like, I'm going to do it my way. Like, I'm not going to like, oh, the fans want this, so I'm going to do the complete opposite. And that that's going to always be the concern and if you know if they don't take this seriously then i mean the guy should be he should have been gone years ago but he he really should be gone after that and i will say this if this sports consulting firm does work and the yankees you know use this and it really turns things around very quickly for them uh i don't see any reason why the new york knicks wouldn't be next in line to hire these guys so that that would be the real test case um Are are you a Knicks fan? I don't. I think we've talked about that. Are you you root for the Knicks? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, Yankees are my first love. The Giants are my second love, and uh, I like the Knicks and the Rangers. I I like hockey. I like um, especially going to games, watching hockey live. It's such a better experience than on TV. Uh, I used to love going to the Bridgeport Sound Tigers games when I lived up there. Uh, minor league hockey is even better. Well, like NHL hockey, the play level is the, – the level play is elite. But minor league hockey is just such a funner experience to me. So I loved going to Bridgeport Bluefish games. And then the next um, – you know, I, I – it's hard to root for. So like I root for the Knicks, but I'm not, I know better than to live and die by the Knicks. So I'd love for them to finally reach that mountaintop. I'd be there celebrating, but I'm not going to sit here and say like, I'm some diehard Knicks fan that every time they lose, it ruins my day because I'm already Yankees and Giants fan. I don't need that kind of, I don't need that on me too. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. I'm, I, I understand. I'm with you. Cause I'm definitely a Knicks fan. Like I, you know, I call myself a diehard, but I'm also a numb Knicks fans. Like, you know, like I know we're not going to win a championship this year or any, probably until, you know, I, I, my great, 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 great grandson would, you know, when new, new ownership comes around. So I, I don't really get too hurt when they lose or when they get kicked out of the playoffs. Cause you just don't expect much. No, and you kind of know too that, um, like even when like James Dolan just recently said something, like, I don't really enjoy owning sports teams. Well, then sell the freaking thing. Like, what? Like, why? Why would you come out and say that? Like, you, people hate you enough already, and you know, and then they do that embarrassing stuff where they banned like Charles Oakley from the Garden, had him arrested. Like, what the heck is wrong with you? It's Charles Oakley. Um, yeah. God, that team makes me sick. And like then I come down here to San Antonio a couple of years ago, and that was when like everybody retired and Kawhi Leonard like left, and this team just got horrible for a couple of years. So we'll see how Wembyana goes, and if uh, he lives up to his potential, that's awesome. But uh, so like I we, <laughs> I'm yeah. I, so I kind of follow the Spurs here, not diehard Spurs fan, but uh, the Spurs do have quite the following in San Antonio. I will say one thing: this city is very very loyal to the spurs and people follow the spurs like my wife's 80 something year old grandmother watches spurs games. so like, um this city deserves uh you know they they deserve tim duncan and they deserve Wimbayana to just be what we hope he can be yeah no that's crazy uh i forgot that uh he went there so that i'm sure that's gonna be a crazy year for you guys starts in like a week or a couple weeks till uh, mm-hmm. no, I, I'll never forget. Like, especially cause I, when my, my peak basketball was like when LeBron was at the heat and he was always going against the Spurs. So like, I, I remember those, those fans that, you know, in San Antonio, they, they packed that place out and they were louder than anyone. So I'm sure it's crazy down there. Oh yeah. I was, uh, even as a kid, like I remember, I really liked David Robinson. I thought just like the way he played the game was just fantastic. I just with such respect and just he was such a good player. He was just like the way he was and the way he carried himself. I I really liked David Robinson as a kid. And then uh 
I was in high school when they drafted Duncan, and I remember Tim Duncan. I remember following him in college because it's like I couldn't wait to see. Everyone thought he was going to go to end up on the Celtics. Actually, everyone kind of thought that the NBA, the Celtics had the worst record. The NBA was going to kind of fix it to like him be the next great Celtic. And then he ended up going to the Spurs. I'm like, that's all. Like Tim Duncan and like uh, David Robinson on the same team. And I just remember reading like. I don't know if it was Sports Illustrated or an ESPN Magazine article about those two. It just like it made me like them even more, just the way Robinson was mentoring Duncan, and um, so I, I really liked the Spurs. So it was just ironic years later that I meet my wife, who's from San Antonio, and I ended up living down here because like I couldn't like there's certain cities where if I were to move to, like I couldn't root for sports. Like even now, like okay, I, I live in Texas, but you know how I feel about the Cowboys. Um, I I will root for the Dallas Stars, like. New York Rangers first, Dallas Stars second. You know, New York Knicks first, San Antonio's first, second. Um, but yeah, it's not like I'm going to root for the Dallas Cowboys. Never, <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry to get you off track. <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean, honestly, it's worth talking about. Like, how much, how much misery can we put ourselves through talking about the Yankees today, right? Well, I mean, we yeah. actually we got sidetracked by talking about the Knicks, so I mean, it's just as bad. No, we were. My bad. You go first. No, no, no. I was just gonna. I uh, wanted to finish the last Yankee thing we were talking about. You were talking about futures, but uh, pitching. <laughs> we need more pitching. That's all I was gonna say. Was uh, don't stop that because I remember that was our big focus going into this season, and you know, you thought you fixed it with. Carlos and it didn't work out. So I, we still need pitching. Yes. You know, you have to hope Cortez can come back healthy. I'm not even sure where he stands on his injury. Like, I don't know. It was just didn't never sounded good. Um, and then interestingly enough, it looks like they had some pitcher named drew Thorpe that won some minor league pitcher of the year. Uh, that was pretty interesting. Again, I don't know much about this kid. I think he's just in high a, so it's not like we're going to be seeing him anytime soon, but like, if this consulting firm comes in, please like help Brian Cashman figure out how to develop starting pitching. Cause it sounds like we have a good, we could have potentially have a stud in here. Like let's not screw this up. And when you see the other people that won this award, it was like Blake Snell and Dylan sees and a couple other uh, Grayson Rodriguez and some like really good pitchers have won this award. So like, let's just, please don't screw this up on us. Right. Right. Don't go trade him for someone that's going to hit below average and sign to a million-dollar contract. So I don't know if you have anything else to add or we can close this. Like, Let's just close this out with any final thoughts on the Yankees as we kind of put the nails. We're putting the nails in the coffin. We're, you know, we're lowering it into the ground. We're throwing the roses on top taking the first shovels of dirt. Let's just bury the season. What What are your final thoughts or find any final words on the end of the season? Here's your chance to give a eulogy on the season. <laughs> <laughs> no, my final thoughts, man, is like, it starts with your division. Like we went 22 and 30 against the AL East this year. It, that can't happen. You know, like you can't go four and 13 against the below 500 Red Sox. Like they're in last place for a reason. That can't happen. Um, you should, you should like, that should be like where we start. Like, let's start getting back to beating them to the ground. Cause they've had our number the last few years and they shouldn't, it just, they get up for these games and we don't. So whatever needs to fix there, we need an attitude adjustment. We need something to going on to the, the ALE should be our main priority. Like we don't lose to these guys. These are our rivals. These guys want to kick our butt. We need to now want to kick their butt because they're doing better than us. I mean, the Orioles, look at the Orioles, like go from a hundred losses to over a hundred wins. Like they want to win. Like we need to want to win. That's it. Yeah. Yes. We Yankees need their edge back. Um, and I would say the Yankees 2023 season, you know, I started out with such high hopes. I really thought the season was going to turn into something, at least be the playoffs. I remember even early on in the season saying, oh, don't worry about the Yankees. They're playing for October. They want to be healthy for the playoffs. They're going to make it in. And it, they didn't. It just fell apart when the day the dang Dodger Stadium broke Aaron Judge's toe and ended the season right there. Um, and that was it. And it's been it was a disaster. And 
I agree. I think maybe that's just what the Yankees need is to get their edge back. Just go back to being the Yankees because they don't feel like the Yankees anymore. This feels like 1990, 1991 all over again. It, it just does not feel like a Yankees team that is putting fear into anybody. So um, that's it. I'm, I'm goodbye to the New York Yankees season, uh, 2023 season. I I'm done. I'm, I'm glad it's over. I mean, I'm going to miss baseball. I'm so going to miss baseball, but I am glad the season's over because it was just a miserable, miserable year. Yeah, yeah. Smell you later, 2023 Yankees. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was going to say, I don't know. I was, uh, baseball's not over. Uh, I do, like, I don't enjoy watching other teams besides the Yankees, but the playoffs are fun for me. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I'm being kind of a baby. I do have that tendency, as a lot of people know me, do know that I do have the tendency to be a baby and just a sore loser, not handle things well, and just take a temper tantrum. So I don't know how much playoffs I'll be watching. I hope by the time the World Series comes along, assuming it's not Tampa or Houston in the World Series, or if it is, maybe I'm rooting against them. We'll see how it goes, but... Yeah, for like the wild card round, I am not going to be paying attention at all. I'm just, I'm, I'm, cannot handle that. Like, I just <laughs> have to accept and mourn what just happened here. Um, yeah, it's sad, you know. Like our baseball season ended on Sunday, and our football season ended on Monday. So, um, <laughs> let's go next. <Knicks. laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah, well, hey, Texas Longhorns are ranked number three, right? Or I don't think they moved up in the standings, so they were number three. I haven't checked. Um, so yeah, that's what I have going. University there Texas go. Longhorns. And with that, uh, let's close it out. Uh, you know, rest in peace to the 2023 Yankees. It's over, but we still have plenty more to talk about here at Bleacher Brawls. Still going to be posting regularly on the website, bleacherbrawls.com. Honestly, this is a great time to read us because you get we get to talk about other things and more. Uh, you get to see more of our personalities come out and the different things we'll talk about. Our starting nines, uh, I think, are really fantastic. You know, we've had starting nine X-Men, starting nine wrestlers, uh, starting nine comic book series and i'm gonna be hopefully next couple weeks we're gonna have a starting nine um conspiracy theory so kind of interested in writing something like that so um and of course you always have luke and pat and Derek and caroline just cranking out some amazing articles way better writers than me so if i'm sitting here bragging about my writing definitely check out theirs and again like i said we're still going to be recording uh podcast episodes uh michael and i are going to be recording uh on tuesday nights still uh, i guess wednesday releases with uh you know Derek and joey and pat and luke we're all going to be kind of mixing and matching and trying to figure out try to try new lineups over these next few weeks so definitely keep listening we have plenty of stuff to talk about uh more football and just life in general so i really do look forward to this time uh it's different but it's fun to get to know each other a lot better so with that, again, thank you for listening. Um, that's one more season down, and what, like, you know, what? Only a couple more months till pitchers and catchers report. So we'll be there soon enough. So thanks again, and good night from Bleacher Rolls. <laughs>